Hello, Tom here. Ben and I are busy preparing the next traditional duet episode, and we want to share this really wonderful interview we had with a good friend of mine, Amadi Igudan, who I met in the Peace Corps. She is a music teacher. She's an unbelievable singer in her own right. And Ben and I are really interested in music education. Ben was a music teacher for a couple of years. I was a classroom teacher and now work for Second Line Arts Collective, a music education nonprofit. So we love talking to music educators just to understand their perspective and their experience. And we're excited to share this interview with you now. Here is Amadi Igodan. Amadi, tell us what you do and what you're doing this summer. Okay, what I what I have done this summer is rest. Um, that is what I do in the summertime. Uh, I teach middle and high school choirs and guitar. So summertime was a fun time. Yeah, music has been on the back burner while just helping my mom with things around the house. So that's what I've done this summer. Oh, and I swam. I've swam a lot. Um, I like to swim. And um, I was able to, funny story, I took swimming lessons and the swim teacher said, oh, you should swim with the master swimmers. And I was like, okay, all right. I know I'm close to Michael Phelps, but you know, now that you've told me, I will. So I've been able to do that for the last couple of weeks, um, which has been, you know, nice. Bring us into your choir classroom. What are you focusing on? What, what ages are you? working with okay so I teach middle school which starts I used to teach fifth grade through 12th grade but now it's sixth grade through 12th grade so I teach middle school so the school is combined it's one door that separates middle and high school so I teach middle school in the morning and then I have a my planning period and then I teach high school the rest of the day so yeah every morning starts with the sixth sixth seventh graders they may be a mixture combined and then eighth graders, so I have definitely have to have sleep. Um, if not, coffee. Be ready because they are ready at seven, what seven thirty when they come into the classroom. But yeah, so we start with that. We do some warm ups, and then we work on music. We do a lot of pop music, things that they're interested in, to then segue into choral music. Some students are ready for choral music, like oh, we heard this and we want to try. But others are like. I don't want to sing that. We want to sing Adele or, you know, something like that. So a lot, a mixture of pop music and choral music is what generally we do in middle school. And obviously at their, their level, what they can do. High school, the idea is the same, but you try to do more complex music based on what you have. But it all depends on what students you have, their work ethic, the voicing you have in the classroom, because sometimes... If you've ever been in a choir classroom in school, you may not have a lot of boys. Sometimes you can have a lot of boys, sometimes no boys. So you just have to, it depends on who you have in your classroom. But that's what my day-to-day kind of looks like. Ben and I did choir together. Yay, we did, we choir. did. Uh, what was it called? It was called Little Group. Little Group. Little group. When, we were, when we were kids. And then I think I stuck with it through middle school and then Tom bailed, I think. Did you? Yeah, oh, yeah. No, I was... Bailed. We need you through high school. Why once, my, once my voice changed, I can't control. I've got horrible pitch. Ben is secretly a pretty decent singer. I don't know if that's true anymore. I did oh, sing for a long time, but I've I've mostly given it up. 
Okay. I wish I could sing though. I mm. love singing. And I, I think you probably can time. sing. A lot of people don't give them they don't give themselves justice. Like I can't sing, I'm terrible. You're usually not as bad <sighs> as I don't think I'm horrible. Right. But I know that I don't have the support to sing in tune all the time. And okay. I can tell that. And so that kind of bothers me. Like sometimes I nail like I can nail certain things, but for mm-hmm. the most part it's like to actually really sing. Okay. And throughout my entire musical career, I've always tried to sing a little bit. So I still do Good. it sometimes, but. Well, I'm glad you guys were in choir. That, that makes me excited. Yeah. yeah, that's what happens. We have a lot of them that drop off of that voice change area because it is hard because, I mean, yeah, it really changes for the boys. You know, I I did have to take, I had to take a, a musicianship class in okay. college. And that involved a lot of like sight singing. Mm-hmm. Um um, mostly a lot of sight singing. And okay. at some point, the teacher, he was an organ player and mm-hmm. uh, he was a grad student. This was like his teaching assignment. He was a grump. And I was like not hitting any of the notes. I was totally out of tune. He was like, oh, try it in falsetto. Okay. And instantly it was, I mean, not good, but it was better. I had way more control and I could find okay. pitches a lot easier in falsetto. I don't know if that's true for you, Ben. All that made me think about was that song in a falsetto, like ooh ooh. You know that song? <laughs> I don't know why. I was just <laughs> no idea. Who's talking? Whose song is that? I'm not going to sing it right now. But Imadi, I wanted to know what moved you to be a teacher, and specifically, what moved you to be a music teacher? Okay. Ooh, what moved me to be a teacher? Um, okay, let's go back. Let's do music. Well, music was always a part of me. I grew up singing. My mom sang and was a choir director at church. So I grew up singing in church and she also uh, had sung professionally long time ago in a um, a gospel group. She would always be giving me little bits and pieces. And like on Saturdays, she would play NPR. So you'd hear opera, you would all these different genres. So I had this nice bit of different sounds all around. Plus, she was a very good singer, is a very good singer. So, yeah, music was always a part. And so I was I'd be on the playground teaching people songs, harmonies, and all this kind of stuff. And then we'd sing it. And I sang in school, like in a group, and we sang around the town. So, and I was in choir, and my favorite teachers were my choir teachers. And they really set me on the course to study music. They said, you need to take music theory. And of course, I didn't want to do that. I was like, I just want to be an R&B singer like Brandy. I remember I said that, like, it's fine with me. I don't need to do anything else. But they said, no, you need to know how music works, the science behind music. So, of course, I took the class and then they actually arranged a trip for me to go to St. Olaf to, to visit that school. It's a big music school in Minnesota. They set me on the course to study music, but I still was like, oh, I don't want to be a teacher. I never had the thought of being a teacher because I was like, they don't make any money. Nobody respects them, you know. Regardless, I went to school, I went to Tennessee State University, and I signed up with, which I didn't know at the time, was actually the band director of Tennessee State, which is a historically black college um, in Nashville. And I was going to do business because I was like, again, music, man, I don't make any money. But I knew inside it was like, music is who you are, oh, study music. And then as soon as I said, never mind, change it to music, he like lit up and he was like, oh, I'm the band director. And I was like, oh, great. So... So that's how I got into music. And I was in music education, 
because that's what they offered. But eventually I would change that to basically just like a bachelor in liberal arts. This is what they, that was the alternative, which was just like, I guess, performance more so. Yeah, that was that. And then I went to grad school still with the thought of, at that point, I thought, well, I can teach on the college level. That was kind of the mindset. And then I sort of, I'm sure you guys have had this where you have times where you kind of mellow out of music because the the trajectory, it's all over the place. You can just burn out. So I was like, oh, I don't want to do music. I'm just going to do corporate. So I, once I graduated from grad school in vocal performance, I just looked for any kind of job besides music. But really, I was just scared to teach. That's really what it was. So I was just running away. And then the Peace Corps came. And the first thing they wanted us to do in training was teach for two minutes. And so it was like, what am I going to do for two minutes? The only thing I had was music. So I taught them how to sing a scale. That's what I, and it was there that I actually was like, I think I can give this music thing a try, you know, when I get back to the States. And that's what happened. So I started teaching once I got back to the States. That's how I needed a job. I needed to pay off student loans. So that part, you know. It's a healthy motivator. It was definitely a healthy motivator. And you brushed over a really important part there about the Peace Corps. Like what was, what was that decision like? I know I was living with Tom at the time when he made his decision, but actually, honestly, he and I never, we talked a little bit about why he wanted to do it. I mean, I kind of know from knowing him for so long, why he made that decision. And I know that was something that had been on his mind for a long time, but why, why the Peace Corps? What about Well, I'm sure Tom's answer is far more noble than mine. Literally, I was again in grad school, just like, how am I going to pay off these student loans? And I was Googling how to pay off student loans. And first the Marine Corps popped up for some reason. And I was like, absolutely Uh, not. And then the Peace Corps popped up. And I had uh, never heard of the Peace Corps. Truthfully, I never like, they come to people's schools, but they weren't coming to our school. And if they did, I just totally missed that. So I was researching it. I had always wanted to go overseas and um, experience other cultures. I thought about mission trips with church and stuff like that, but they were always so expensive. And I knew I couldn't afford that. So as I read about it, Um, It did not help with my student loans, but at least it did answer the other part, which was like, you can, you know, uh, travel, um, see the world, being being in another culture, all those things met that little desire that I had in me from eons ago. So basically, I I think I went on vacation to a friend in New York and I was just like, oh, I don't think I'm gonna get no peace for but I was just like, well, I'll just I'll just apply and if it works out, it'll work out. Didn't think I was getting accepted because I didn't know their qualifications. Of course, you got accepted. And then it was like, oh, gosh, the Peace Corps. Ah. That was how I found out about the Peace Corps, joined the Peace Corps. That's how I met Tom. <laughs> and we, we were the only yeah. two riding around with speakers on our uh, bike during training. That's the the music in us. Mm-hmm. And y'all were in the same place or nearby or? Well, gotcha. we started out in training the same, but we were about five hours away from each other. Where our maybe more. Okay. You were you were high. Yeah, I was I was all almost out of the country where I lived. It was she spoke she spoke a different language than me. Yeah. Yeah. Oh wow. Muli Uli. Yeah. Ningo. Muli Uli. Muli Muli Bohanji. Yeah. It's all I'm forgetting all my Bemba. I don't know how your mom boy is. It's okay. I keep in touch with um the host family, so sometimes it comes back because of that. But yeah, Same. I didn't have to think about it. Well, yeah. how did your musicianship evolve through service? Okay. Well, like I said, 
once they made us teach like the little intro to because we were teachers by the way um in the peace corps we taught english so they wanted to see how we taught like a little two minute snippet like i said i taught them how to sing a scale a major scale and it was right then after that because they did it so i was like well i told them to do something they did it that shows that i can teach something and so inside I was having conversations like, I think I can, I think I can teach. And I really wanted to use my degrees, you know, here you are, you've gone to school for these degrees and I was working at a pharmacy before. So it was like, this is not going to work. So, but the cool thing about it was when I, so we have a host family when we first enter into the country, my first host family were all singers. So we would be, we, and I brought my guitar yeah. and so we would, yeah, we would be at home and they went to UCZ, which was a big church in the community um, that we would we would all go and they were all singers. And I'm and I don't I mean, they could sing. And I was like, oh, this was definitely meant to be. So we would go home and then we would sing songs together and I'd play on the guitar, the minimal amount of guitar that I I had. But So that was also a special little like uh, this is good. And then when I got to my village. People knew that I sang, you know, they'd hear me maybe playing guitar at night, or, you know, they learn about you. And um, in Zambia, it is a heaven as far as choirs, because it's huge choirs at the churches, lots of men, like it's it's in the culture to sing and dance. So it's not an embarrassing mm-hmm. thing, like how in the States, it's not always considered the cool thing, particularly for boys during, you know, middle and high school. Oh, um, but that was not the case. <laughs> so you had you had all of these basses and tenors, and I was like, this is great. So anyway, they came to me. Some somebody from the church in the community came and asked me to help them go over this song that they were they were they would have singing competitions throughout the um, the different villages. And so they were having a choir competition somewhere, and they asked me to help them with the song. So I would bike over there, and it was I was in heaven. So. So my side job was music in the village. So then I created cool. a, um, like just music theory. Some of them are really interested in music. So we would have like little music theory, little classes. So I was, I loved it because obviously that was my heart. And so, and then we had a lot of time in Peace Corps as well, you know? Um, so I would study, I brought all my music books because I was determined that when I got back to the States, I would be using my degrees in a larger capacity than what I had before. So I would say that's how it evolved during the Peace Corps is that I was getting to help people in the village um, with my music background, helping them. And um, they were helping me, you know. That's really beautiful. Yeah. And I did not know that. I didn't know that you had like a whole side music project. Yeah, it was a baby. I mean, I'm not trying to make it like, and we did all of this in the village. No, it was it was very small, but it was it was fun. The concept of the Peace Corps, how it all works, the commitment that it is, the undertaking, I guess, that it is too, of of what you've got to do and how much that must change you, I guess, depending on no, probably anybody, right? Yeah. I hope so. Yeah. Frankly. Yeah, you hope it changes you for the better. I think we were changed yeah. for the better. Sorry, it made me think about what's that song from Wicked? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Amadi, when was the last time you were on stage? As a singer or yeah. as a director? No, as a singer. Oh, okay. Right before Peace Corps, I did two. I was on the stage, which is already a long time ago. It may have been that, yeah, because since 2018, I was teaching. 
So I've been on stages now as the director, not the singer. No, I take that back. I'm sorry. So I also direct a community choir where I teach. Cool. And before I directed it, I sang in the choir. So I sang some solo pieces with them probably 20, so 2018, 2019. So that's probably the last time I was on stage as a singer. We've tried to do some concerts, but teaching takes a lot out of you. And so I've been on the stage as director every, every year, but yeah, 2019, that's the last time as a singer. Is there a, is there a time on stage either as a singer or director that you revisit often? Mm, I think anytime I can be, you work hard to get out of your mind, your head, you know, when it's time to perform because you can have, you know, you have the nerves, you have everything going on. There's usually a thousand things happening and some, most of the times things are falling apart right before you need to, you know, but if you, you just have to get all of that out of your head. So I'm always working to be free mentally. So then I can have fun. If I have fun, then I've, I've done a good job basically, because then I was, I was out of the way, you know, um, versus like, Oh, I was thinking about this and I didn't open up loud, you know, loud enough on that part or this, you know, how you start getting so technical with your craft. So yeah, I revisit the freedom. Like that was fun because I, I was free when I was singing that time or da, 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 da. Well, that's very Zen of you. You think so? Yeah. Well, I mean, you just got to get out, you know, you got to get out of your way. That's the biggest thing about any kind of performance because, you know, the nerves will choke you, you know, you just got to get out your way. I've been watching, I've been rewatching the the last dance, the bulls documentary. Very good. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of that in there too. The like 1998 Chicago bulls, all about performance, Michael Jordan Mm -hmm. wild. Ben is a guitar player. I figure y'all could take a second and nerd out about guitars. It's Ben's favorite pastime. That's so I love the guitar. I haven't I brought my guitar home to practice. It just did not happen. Yeah. Uh, and that's like uh I don't know, Tom, you kinda of put me on the spot with that one. I don't really know what I'm supposed to say about guitars. <laughs> no, okay. I didn't I did, certainly didn't mean that. But uh well, Ben, can you can you just share with Amadi like your musical background? Yeah, sure. How you came uh, up? Well, I've been playing guitar since I was 13. I went to the local performing arts high school in New Orleans, uh, New Orleans Center for the Creative Arts. And then I went to college for music in New York and got a music degree. And then I moved back home and was, I actually was a teacher. When I moved back home, I started teaching music as well. That's why I was curious about what moved you to be a teacher? Because yeah, you need to tell me what moved you. Because you moved. Well, into I, I, moved I'll, I'll. I'm more. I'm more uh, probably able to tell you what moved me out of it than what moved okay. me into it. To be honest, because okay. I, I did that. I moved back home, um, thinking that I was going to be a full time music teacher, and that was like my calling or something. And I did that for a little while. Found that that wasn't really what I wanted to do, and it wasn't what I expected it to be. Right. Uh, and so it kind of beat me up a little bit as far as in a lot of ways. And then I ended up um, being back home in New Orleans. It was so easy to play gigs that that kind of took over my life pretty quickly. (laughs) So I thought I, I thought I was not, wasn't really going to play music as much anymore. And then it became everything I did. And I moved uh, there. And then I actually ended up moving out to LA with a band 
trying and producing and performing with them for a while. And then the pandemic happened. I went to grad school, decided I should get a music business degree, which mm-hmm. I got. And now I'm working in music publishing. I still play and perform and produce, but it, my my most of my day is consumed with royalties in the publishing sector of the music world. So dealing wow. with songwriters and, and That's songs. Cool. Cool. Yeah, it it is pretty cool. It's a lot of stuff. I think like that. I think you know teaching. I don't know what move. I think I I wanted to, and this is something I was actually talking with Tom about right before we started that I wanted to ask you about as well. Being someone who is a teacher, a creative, a, mu- a musician, and was in the Peace Corps about kind of this idea of creative people wanting to be in service to others. I tell my students a lot of times more like use music as an escape. You know, students are coming with all different sorts of backgrounds. Some of them have a lot of anger, all sorts of things. And, you know, a lot of times I'll say, put it in the music, you know, especially I had a, I had a student that was a drummer. He really was a drummer. And um, I said, I'll use you as a drummer. Don't worry about that. You know, you just, you know, that type of thing. And he definitely dealt with a lot of anger. And I said, put it in the music, beat the drum, you know? And so, um, it's a way for them to to escape, express whatever you need to do. Um, so I think it. I think that part goes hand in hand as far as serving the the students. But yes, I've always thought that I am servant first. Like you're, I, I think in the Peace Corps. Actually, I don't know. I don't know if it's during training, but it was somebody said something like, um, "We are really the students' servants. Like we're there to serve them." versus we have all the power, we have all the authority. You know, it really just was a role reversal. Like, I'm really here to serve you, you know? Um, mm. And so we work on, you know, I work to do my best at that. And hopefully that you gain something because I, it's not a core class, right? I know it's not going to be the same thing. Like you may, you may keep music, you know, you may keep playing the guitar, but hopefully you found something that becomes something you like. Some students really they open up and it's like, wow, this was in me the whole time, you know, like, uh, especially I see that a lot in guitar too, because that's like a very general class that anybody can sign up, you know, we're just teaching you the basics and, and um, some of them don't put it down. Some of them, they learn quickly. This is not for me, um, <laughs> you know, but yeah. So I think as far as me always knowing that I'm, every place is a mission field, every place is you're, you're being a servant. That was, I think, I guess that was already there. Um, so, and then music being the way to open any door, I think it just goes hand in hand because, I mean, that's why people write songs about hard, hard discussions. They put it in the song, you know, or they, you know, they put it in music because it will travel in a way that if you just spoke about it, you may, they may ban you or something, but if you sing about it or you put it with a beat, it can get a little bit further, even if it's radical or whatever. Music is a gift. It's a weapon. It's it's all the things. So no, I like that. I got I got an image of music being the pill in the dog treat. Some of the time, you know, I think about like <laughs> you've got to give your dog or your pet, or your cat or whoever a pill. You got to hide it in something. Yeah, that's a they... little sugar. And then yeah, yeah. I like that. I like that a lot. Obviously, not asking for names or anything, but tell us about your students. Well, we are in the rural rural. Virginia area. It's near the Blue Ridge Mountains. We were in the Blue Ridge Mountains, Appalachia. Um, so students come with that background. We have a lot of students in foster care. 
Um, there a lot of a lot of substance abuse issues are in that whole area. Um, very low income, um, and we have their majority. It's majority Caucasian, and then we have Hispanic. It's the next larger population, um, and then we have very few, few blacks. Uh, but there, there's some, but that is the demographic of my students. But I, I feel like even though it's rural, I felt immediately my first year, I was like, I think I could teach anywhere in the world after teaching here for you, you know, um, because yeah, they gave you a run for your money, just like what you see on TV where they say, oh, the urban area, they gave you a run for your money, um, in a lot of different ways. Um, but the students are their kids. I remember we had just come back from Peace Corps. So I obviously I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. So I would show them, you know, about the Peace Corps because many students don't, you know, they don't know anything about that. And again, it was an opportunity for some of the seniors, you know, hey, get a degree. If you're interested in traveling, this could be, you know, an opportunity for you. And I showed them uh, the huts and different things that we lived in in Zambia and all that sort of stuff. And they were really intrigued. And many of my Hispanic students or students or students who had immigrated, they connected because a lot of places looked similar to their home countries. So that was one way that they embraced that. And then others, I remember one student said, we're really entitled here, aren't we? And I said, yes, you are. That's good that we're starting to realize that, you know? So, mm -hmm. um, so those were, those were some great things that I started off with, with that, but that's, my students are just, you know, they're just like all the other students. They they need care. That's the first thing. You just have to care for the students. You don't even have to know how to do everything, which I learned that you don't have to learn. You don't have to know everything. You just have to care. Um, and that doesn't mean wow. you have to love everybody. You know, I'm not going to do all of that, you know, because that's another discussion about teaching as a whole. But if you just care for individuals, so, so if you were working with adults, because that's what I did before I started teaching. So I had that whole learning curve of how to deal with students because I didn't even know. I didn't remember how children work, really. Um, like they follow you. They they want your they're, they're they're looking for your reaction every moment. That kind of stuff you have to remember, like, why do you care? You know, but they do. Yeah. You learn to care for them and you just have to be yourself. I was young, you know, I was a younger teacher. So, you know, a lot of people, the older teachers say, be firm, be da. I did my best, but I still was me. And I'm naturally a silly person. So I had to use that instead of just trying to completely change to this format. You just have to be you. And then the format will, you know, the format comes. And um, so, yeah, we have, a, we have a good time. We have a lot of laughs. We've had more things we've had to do. But a teacher told me, she said, oh, just give it four to seven years. You'll be good. And I was like, four to oh. seven what what kind of learning curve yeah. is that? it's because students have to learn to trust you to stop trying to they try to give you a run for your money at first you know because they're like who are you um oh, yeah. but once they stop doing that and actually i sang for them the first time you know because they didn't know who i was and once i sang they were like whoa you know so they gave you a little bit of respect just from that so um do you yeah. remember what you sang I sang Shaka Khan through the fire. It's one of the few things I can play on the piano, like the block chords. That's my um, favorite song. Really? That's Those one of my favorite songs. Nice, yeah. Though. Yeah. Um, I love that song. Yeah, and the publishing so I, company that I work for, we have the, one of our writers is David Foster who co-wrote that song. Uh, yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. He's, he's great. Yeah. So I just played literally just those chords. Cause a long time ago, like I have, 
So the piano and guitar are my, the piano is just like, you know, the basis of everything. So you always try to get back into that. I've all, I love those chords and I had the jazz book, you know, mm -hmm. look in your eyes and the chord for the eyes. Mm -hmm. I don't know what it's like, I don't know what it was, some kind of 13 something. It's a, uh, it's a, I think it's a C altered chord. Oh, look at Ben. He's in his mind palace. I, I was going to say C, but I was like, that may not be, it may be a different key. Yeah, it's like A flat major seven. Yeah, and then it was to C stunning. altered to F minor. Well, there you go. See what I'm saying? But yeah, so I so I love that song anyway. So I was I, I knew how to play that. So I just played and sang that little piece. Teaching has been all consuming, but I definitely want to pursue a doctorate. Um, nice. So yeah, so I... I just have to stay the course. That's what you have to do when it comes to music. You know, many times things will make you want to, you know, abandon ship, you know, whether it be finances um, or, you know, it's just not as easy. Not that other careers are easy, but the systematic approach, the structure can be easier than what music is. Music seems to go like this. Yeah. So just staying the course and seeing how it'll all come together. But yeah, I would love to continue to do video create just creative things that come to pop, pop up in my head like I sent Tom something I think it was last last summer you know mm -hmm. just those are the type of things I would love to be able to arrange because um, I like doing those things anyway I arrange many things that we do um, with the choirs but it's fun for me and like to continue to perform like you said like I hadn't sung on the stage since 2019 so we'll see if we can get it to work this time around because I've been offered those things but it's just about timing and making sure you can manage it and stuff like that. But yeah, while I'm teaching, you just try to give kids exposure and opportunity. But yeah, so I'm staying the course because music is my purpose. Yeah, so I think those are the things that are next, but I'm definitely going to do my best to try to, to do more creative musical outlets for me on the side and find the help that will help me do that, basically. For sure. That, yeah. That's amazing. Hey, if you, if, and if you suddenly find a love for editing and engineering and music production come holler because we could get you on a duet episode of blind duet okay yeah for sure amadi thank you so much for your thank time you. and sharing a little bit of your story thank you all for having me this was fun bye thank you bye-bye follow blind duet on instagram and twitter at blind duet pod if you'd like to be a guest on our show, please send a brief bio along with links to your work to blindduetpod at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you. Blind Duet is brought to you in part by the New Orleans Tourism and Culture Fund. We would also like to thank the Music and Culture Coalition of New Orleans for their support. 